Blow. I'm Mark Watson, the regular host of the Brain Mastery podcast, and I'm thrilled to welcome you to a special feature. It's Clinical Providers Month on the podcast. We're dedicating each weekly episode in February to someone who dedicates themselves to helping others. It gives all of us a great deal of pleasure and pride to spotlight some of the special professionals who are using the Bears platform to improve quality of life for people in their communities. Enjoy this series of episodes. We're excited to share them. This time around, we'll be introducing you to a former hockey player who is now busy assisting people off the ice. Jordan McCarl has a unique role within the world of brain health, and his athletic background is helping him to put others into a position to achieve their goals. I hope this conversation with guest host Scott Rintoul is as inspiring and insightful to you as our providers continue to be for us. It's great to be back as Providers Month rolls on here on the Brain Mastery Podcast. And with me today, a kinesiologist and certified strength and conditioning specialist at Sea to Sky Physio and Sea to Sky Orthopedics in Squamish, BC, Jordan McCarl joins me here today. Jordan, there's a lot there. Did I get that right? Yeah, you nailed it. Nice job. Thanks, Scott. There's a lot there. Give me an idea of what that all translates to when I roll out that title, Kinesiologist, Certified Strength and Conditioning, conditioning Specialist. Yeah, so the, the kinesiologist is just kind of my active rehab component of the work I do in clinic. You know, I went to school for kinesiology in, in Ontario and got a, a science degree there and carried that on to a clinic in Ontario where I learned a lot about orthopedic rehab um, after orthopedic injury. And yeah, just carried that out. And then on the strength and conditioning side, that was a, that's a certification that I was able to get through having my kin degree. So fairly recognizable certification within the strength and conditioning world. And, and that allows me to just kind of keep my, keep myself sharp on the, on the strength and conditioning side, particularly when I'm working with athletes, um, cause I've got a, a wide range of clientele that I like to work with from general population to athletes. So I have got two na- titles to my name that uh, can help me with that. In Ontario, and I do want to get back to a couple of the points you just made in a second, but you're an athlete yourself. You are a fairly high level accomplished hockey player. So how does a hockey player from Ontario wind up in arguably the adventure capital of BC in Squamish? I played hockey growing up. It was definitely uh, my first passion. And, um, you know, as it does for for everybody, for some sooner than others, it does come to an end. And um, after hockey was over and and school was done, I I went back home for a couple of years to gain some experience in in the field. And my brother's been living out here for years. and I had some friends out here as well. So I was coming out a lot to visit. I, I just fell in love with everything you can do out here. And the lifestyle. So I decided to switch things up and, and move out one year and uh, I'm loving it. It's just, it's been great for me to, to get exposed to some different sports and different activities and yeah, still, still really enjoying it. A lot of athletes choose to stay in the athletic world in a bunch of different ways. And this is a way that you obviously have. I'm wondering how your athletic journey shaped your choice of a career to pursue. I think just going through injuries of my own, you know, Growing up, whether it was orthopedic, you know, shoulders, um, you know, broken leg, and then obviously in hockey, concussions are a, a hot topic as they are in many sports right now. 
and finally getting, you know, the attention that they deserve. You go through your own injuries and the rehabs associated with those injuries. And for me, it was getting to spend some time in the physio clinic, talking to my physiotherapist growing up on everything she did education wise to get where she was. And um, she had a lot of good, good insight and advice for me. And it was just kind of naturally something I gravitated towards. So for me, it was a, it was a fairly seamless transition and that, you know, I, I knew I was already interested in it and felt that having a bit of an athletic background and being passionate about sports and training and nutrition was already, you know, going to maybe put me one step ahead or, or at least get me in, in the right spot when it was time to work. Some athletes who end up in the health care field of athletics have had very good experiences when they had injuries and that inspires them to do the same or the opposite where they see a gap and they see a void and they say, I want to fill that. What was it like for you when you suffered your various injuries? Yeah, that's a good point. On, on the orthopedic side, going through, like I said, the, the leg injury was my main one. That was just such a great experience for me. I, you know, every, everything I was finding online and, and a few opinions basically had me written off for what would have been a season at the time. And once you got into it and really started working, it was pretty amazing. I had a great support team around me and, you know, this is not at, at an elite level where, you know, like you can imagine athletes at higher levels, what they have access to, but even, you know, within my own hometown, it was just such a great network of, of physiotherapists, strength and conditioning coaches, obviously family support and things like that help a lot as well. So for me, it was a really positive experience and, and that's what, what definitely led me initially. And then as I translated into more of the concussion world, when I was growing up, which isn't that long ago, 10, 15 years ago, there wasn't a lot there. So I'm finding now like on, on the concussion side and brain injury side of things, you know, in my time anyways, I don't think there was necessarily a great awareness ar around the injury and the, and the ca caution that needs to be taken with, with concussion. So, and that's, I think all changing and trending in the right direction now. I'm just wondering in your time, you mentioned the last 15 years, how have things changed with regards to concussion treatment and awareness? And how optimistic are you about recovery as we move forward? I think it's changed dramatically. Like as a hockey coach um, or anybody who wants to be on a, on a bench in hockey, everybody has to do concussion training. And, and although it's quite, you know, basic or, or introductory, it's something which is huge. And then if you want to take it further and be a trainer on a team, there's much more training that needs to be done. And, and we're seeing it in the media now too, I think where, you know, the effects of these, the long-term effects of these brain injuries are coming out. And so people are becoming quite aware and I think it's, it's fantastic. And I think it's continuing to go that way. So it's definitely a, a movement that needs to occur. And, and yeah, to me, it's night and day compared to, like I said, even when I was growing up, which is not that long ago. So I think kids today are, are in a good spot, you know, having my background when I'm around a sport or watching a game, it, it's natural for me to, to see an, an injury that looks like a whiplash or, or direct contact to the head and immediately pull somebody. It's a little bit easier for me, but it's all trending in the right direction. In my opinion, I think, you know, for generations to come, I think it's only going to get better for those kids. The brain injury world is quite large. I think it's a lot larger than most people would imagine until they do a little more investigation. And there are a lot of different gateways in. It seems like concussions would have been a natural one for you. 
One of your other titles that I didn't mention off the top is that you are also an ABI wellness facilitator, which means you use the BEARS program. I'm wondering what about the BEARS program specifically resonated with you and then caused you to further investigate it? A few things. The first being this concept of neuroplasticity, which was completely new to me You know, when I found out about it, which was through Mark Watson of ABI Wellness, my employer, Karina Steinberg, who works as a physiotherapist quite extensively with concussions and brain injuries. So just the, the whole premise behind this program and the fact that, you know, you can change the, the structure and the, and the function of a brain. You know, I remember Mark saying one thing in particular, and he's so passionate about the field. So he's such a great guy to listen to, to speak on it, not to mention his background, which is quite impressive as well. But I just remember him mentioning, why can't we rehab the brain the way we can a, a knee or a, or a shoulder or something like that? when you know, in fact, we can, and, and we're learning that we can. Science is starting to show us that, and the research is out there. So, for me, just yeah, learning about this concept of neuroplasticity where the brain is malleable and, and there's changes that can be made right away, it kind of caught my attention and something I was keen on getting involved in and learning more about. So logical, isn't it? If there's any part of our entire body that you would think would be the most malleable, it's our brain. So, the thought that that's the one thing that couldn't adapt just seems so foreign to me. And I'm not anywhere in this field the way you are. Yeah, that's exactly it. And I remember when it when he laid it out like that and explained the science behind it and what neuroplasticity is, it was like, why hasn't it crossed my mind to even think that this could be an option, you know? Like, so yeah, you're, you're 100% right. It's great. It sounds like you've worked with a lot of clients, not ex- exclusively, but a lot of clients who have suffered some type of concussion, and that's why you end up seeing them. I'm wondering what difference you've seen using the Bears program with current athletes and maybe even former athletes who've sustained head injuries. Yeah. For me, the biggest thing is how comprehensive it is. So it's so well-rounded and it's got this unique approach that combines exercise, physical, and more importantly, aerobic exercise with these cognitively stimulating tasks where, you know, to my knowledge, I hadn't seen any other program or or treatment available out there that was doing that. So yeah, that was very attractive to me. And with that, there's so many touch-ins you get with a client. So you're, you're with them more hours of the week, which allows you to kind of dig a lot deeper into their lifestyle, what they're doing away from the clinic. So uh, whether it's nutrition, sleep, diet, you know, whatever it is, this program has just allowed me to get a lot more detailed and really take advantage of, of the aerobic exercise in combination with the, the cognitive work. You mentioned that, and the BEARS program is very comprehensive. You're in Squamish. I mentioned it being such an outdoorsy, active community. And I imagine that's the place a lot of your clients are coming from. And I don't mean this to sound as though other people with brain injuries wouldn't understand, but it does seem to me that athletes, when you tell them about the physical component meshed with the cognitive component, that would really resonate and hit home with them. Yeah, there's a huge education component to anybody who enters the program for sure. But when you get somebody like you're saying, who's got more of an athletic and even competitive background, you know, when you tell them, yes, we actually do need you to exercise and it's only day three or or whatever it is. And 
yeah, that definitely resonates with them and, and inspires them. And it's usually news they want to hear because they don't want to be, you know, stuck to the couch in a dark room. They want to get back to it. And yeah, so on the athletic side, it's a little bit easier when you get an individual like that. But then on, on the general population side of things, a lot of people respond really well to once you educate them on the topic and what they're dealing with and why we need to incorporate exercise into their rehab as soon as possible. In my experience, people have responded really well. Nate, you're a coach as well. You coach hockey. I've done some coaching in my day as well. And there's nothing better as a coach than when you see that light bulb go on for, a, for one of your players and you see them take a step that they've been working so hard to. I imagine it's the exact same in your world as a kinesiologist and working with your clients. What does a success story look like in your world? Yeah, there's so much overlap between the two worlds, between what I'm doing clinically and in the so-called coaching world, which I still consider, you know, teaching more than anything. It's the same with the ABI Bears program. It's a lot of teaching early on and then, you know, letting the individual run with it and get the repetitions in in order to make that change, whatever it is, if it's on the ice and, you know, if somebody's learning to pivot from forwards to backwards, or if it's in the clinic and somebody's learning a new cognitive task that they're, they're trying to grasp. So for me, a success story just is when you can always tell when that light bulb goes off and, and they first can acquire or, or show you that they've acquired the skill that they're trying to work on again, whether, whether clinically or athletically. And, and then when that becomes permanent and you no longer need to give them any cueing, any feedback and through repetition, it becomes automatic is when you see progress and growth. And, and for me, those little wins within the big program are the, the successful moments. And whether that's as a coach or as a provider, there's this feeling of fulfillment that is unmatched. There really is. So I'm wondering for you, is there a success story that sticks with you? Is there one in particular that stands out that maybe on a tough day you refer back to or you think about every so often and it just brings a smile to your face? Yeah, absolutely. There's been a few for sure, but there's definitely one that, that stands out. This individual came to me at the end of 2019. We never got rolling on the program until 2020, but a 10-year-old injury had gone through so much on her own in terms of treatment, had done her own research on this kind of thing had been making puzzles for herself at home and just, just couldn't find the answer. So when we met very lovely lady, she told me about her history and everything. And we went through what I call a screening and a trial where I get the background on, on everything and allowed her to, to try the program out. And by the end of 45 minutes, you know, we, we got back to just having a, a sit down conversation and I was about to let her go. And after she was done on, on the computer trying that program out, she couldn't even put a sentence together. So her language was very broken. She couldn't find words and I felt for her. So I, I basically just wrapped the call up. I said, you know what, I'll be in touch tomorrow and let's chat some more about this. And I want to get your thoughts. And for the first couple of months through the program, it was a lot of that. You could definitely tell when it was time to shut the computer and shut it down for the day. And progressively over the six months we worked, it just got better and better and better. Like the improvements were incredible. And she's now back to reading. She's doing multiple things a day, which was completely out of the question. If, you know, if you and I were to sit down with her and, and talk right now, you, you probably wouldn't know otherwise that she had this history of brain injury. Mind you, she did put in a, a ton of work. She was working four to five days a week, two to three hours each day. 
Um, so she was extremely dedicated and bought into the program. And yeah, just a great, great story. She would report feeling moments of connection in her brain where she just felt like things were starting to click and starting to smooth over. And then by the end of it, it was just fantastic to the point where, you know, I was like, okay, we need to take a break from this. I want you to get back to your everyday life and, you know, check in with me and let me know how things are going, if there's any missing pieces still. Yeah, but just outstanding change with that individual in particular. You mentioned a couple of things there, one of them being work, and it is work, no matter what you're doing to improve yourself in any sense. But people are willing to put in work when they have a desire to get to that end goal and they have hope. I'm wondering how many people come to you and they've either either lost hope or find themselves in a place where it's temporarily suspended. And how much of your job is instilling hope that a better quality of life is out there? Yeah, it's definitely a big part, especially early on when somebody comes to you and they've tried, you know, every way to Sunday to, to get better. And so a lot of it is, first of all, educating the individual on the program and what it is. And then as long as, you know, I feel confident in them and and what the program can do for them. Yeah, a lot of it is instilling hope and, you know, sharing some of the success stories that might be similar to the case that they're describing to me. But yes, a ton of it is the work you put in. And it's quite interesting, you know, early on, you, you tell them a rough idea of the, the amount of time they're going to need to put in in order to, to expect some change. And it can be intimidating at first a little bit, but the buy-in with everybody I've worked with has been fantastic. Like it's, as soon as they get going and they get a bit of routine back in their life, there's a purpose there. They feel, you know, it's it's great for them to get back into that. And, you know, before you know it, you're trying to tell them that they need to take a rest day or, you know, slow down a bit, take your rest here and there. But yeah, early on, there can be a lot of instilling hope. And that hope comes from having another option and the belief that someone is going to get better and there has to be personal investment in that. And Hey, part of your job is assessing which path to take and which is going to be the best path forward for your clients and and for the patients that you ultimately see. That comes back to awareness, at least in my mind, it does. That, hey, this program is out there. Seems to me awareness is part of the problem. We need more awareness for options available to these people. How do we get there, Jordan? How do we increase awareness? Yeah, that's that's exactly it. And, you know, Mark and I have, have had this conversation a few times. And for me, the positive thing is that the awareness is, is improving and it, it is getting better. I, I feel like we started from ground zero. So there was maybe only one way to go from there. But, you know, I think these success stories and, and just getting words, word out about other people that have, have uh, gone on before them and been able to return to work in a full capacity, return to sport, return to just living a regular lifestyle. These kind of stories can go a long way. I know within my group of friends, you got plenty of people who have had their own brain injuries and, and history of injury. And, you know, we'll sit down at dinner and if it comes up, we're, we're talking about this program and how it works. And, you know, you get a lot of quite surprised reactions on like why, why they haven't heard of this by now or, or you know, where did this come from? When did this start? And the message just needs to continue to travel and spread. And I think as it does, and more of these success stories come out, we'll get where we need to be. 
Well, that's certainly from a patient's point of view, but then there's also from a provider's point of view as well, because as I mentioned earlier in our conversation, the brain injury, brain health world is pretty large. And there are physiotherapists and occupational therapists and pathologists and kinesiologists. Where is the awareness within the provider world so that one provider can recommend a program with another provider so that ultimately everybody gets what they want? Because I choose to believe, and I imagine you do too, people get into this line of work because they want to help other people. Right. I think as more providers, I've seen it firsthand, especially in the last six to eight months, as people providers in particular find out about it and you know you start to send send their clients back in a in a different state that's where it's going to come from i know general physicians family doctors are starting to refer to me and i believe some of the other providers as well now that they've seen a couple of people go through the program you know we've shared a lot of the research the return to work research with other providers and the results are going to speak for themselves hopefully so yeah it's especially as I started in this, in this field with this program in particular, it was completely foreign to, to a lot of other providers, including myself, and it needs to continue to grow. And it is, it's just a matter of continuing to, to spread the word with other providers and share the research, share the stories. And I, I think it'll get there. Well, and I imagine it's exciting for you because you seem to, at least from the outside, exist in this hybrid type of role where you're not in one of the silos that I mentioned, you kind of get to interact with all the different ones and take best practices and, and almost act like an intermediary between them. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's very interesting. Uh, yeah, that's a, a great way to put it. You get to see what's worked for them in the past, what hasn't, what they've tried, what they haven't, and then just kind of narrow it down from there. You know, there's a lot of referring out. I don't expect to ever be able to fully heal somebody on my own, but I do like to take this wide lens from the start and and figure out what people have tried and kind of go from there and and provide my advice and and use my resources around me. I've got a great employer in in Karina Steinberg, who's very experienced and and renowned in our area for for her work with, you know, vestibular training and, and concussion recovery. Adam Liu, another physiotherapist here in town, uh, they're, they're great resources. So yeah, using them and, and yeah, like you said, just, just trying to figure out what the missing piece might be and, and using this, this comprehensive program with a lot of touch in time has been, I think, the most beneficial for me. And we have so much to learn about the brain. It feels like we're just scratching the surface. And yet I feel optimistic when I see a program like Bears and I hear these stories about who it has helped and how widespread that has been. We find ourselves in the middle of an opioid crisis and there's long haul COVID going on. We talked about concussions, traumatic brain injuries. How optimistic are you about the future as we begin to unravel these mysteries and maybe have a big piece towards getting there? Very. There's so many benefits to this program, aside from just like I mentioned, like the neuroplastic component where you've got structure of the program being the aerobic exercise promotes the release of BDNF and increases cerebral blood flow to help with, you know, creating these changes in brain structure. But beyond that, there's so much more to it. Like I I mentioned earlier, the routine, the structure and, and lifestyle, the group setting. So when people are, are in, you know, having that social aspect of being in a group is a huge advantage. So I'm very optimistic, especially, you know, with, with all the things this, this program can target. Yeah. Like, like I said, I think it's, 
I think it's heading in a good direction as, yeah, as some of these things start to start to unfold and whether it's mental health, concussion symptoms, COVID long haul, like you mentioned, there's a ton to be gained here with some of this new research that's coming out and this program at our fingertips. Oh, that's great to hear because just like the people affected directly by any type of brain injury, those close to them, providers, it has to begin with hope. And the people who are facilitating need to have that hope too. And I'm glad to hear that you do. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, when you, when you start to see some of these results firsthand, it's, it's pretty easy to, uh, to get that, that sense of hope and optimism for kind of no matter who comes through the door at this point, you're starting to see how this program can positively affect so many lives with so many different backgrounds in terms of injury. So definitely staying optimistic and hopeful at this point. I'm even more optimistic than when we began this conversation, Jordan. It's been a very good one. And we're going to provide details for you, contact details in the show notes. But for anyone out there who's listening right now that wants to connect with you, how does that person go about doing that? So I work at a Sea Disguise Sports Physio. You can find us. We've got a, a clinic, Instagram page, website, obviously, that that you can book with me through. Probably the best way to do it. Always happy to chat, whether it's program-related, training-related, whatever it is. I'm always happy to have a conversation over the phone or in person. Yeah, that's probably the best way. But it can connect virtually, which is something we wouldn't have been talking about two or three years yeah. ago, but we are all accustomed to doing now. Jordan, thank you very much for your time today. Thanks a lot, Scott. Thank you so much for continuing to listen to the Brain Mastery Podcast. We're super grateful for the community of supporters of this podcast. Again, this podcast was designed with an intention and an objective, and that was to share stories of rehabilitation, of recovery from brain injury, to really interview some of the leaders out there to provide more hope to community members. So thank you again for all of the support with that. If this episode resonated for you and had value for you, we just ask, please download and share it. Please also, if you wouldn't mind, rate the podcast. Those ratings really matter and help us to spread the message. If you're a clinical provider out there, meaning a physical therapist, an occupational therapist, or somebody who just works with people with brain injury and want to learn more about the Bears platform, we've tried to make it as easy as possible for you to do so. Just go to www.abiwellness.com to learn more about how to get involved. A training is very accessible and we've tried to make it very, very easy for people to get access to this neurorehabilitation platform. Thank you again for your support and we'll see you on the next episode. The statements made regarding the Bears platform and ABI Wellness have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. The efficacy of the Bears platform has not been confirmed by FDA-approved research. The Bears platform is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. All information presented here is not meant as a substitute for or alternative to information from healthcare practitioners. Please consult your healthcare professional about potential interactions or other possible complications before using any product. The Federal Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act requires this notice.